0: The Okay, perfect. So this week, um, we're going to focus you know, a little bit on some ethics, legal stuff, and then uh, talk a lot more about just leadership in PR as well, because I absolutely believe that all of you will become right, leaders. Well, you'll have teams, whether it's a project team, you might describe it as a work leader or a formal supervisor, like, yes, you're gonna do it. So we'll just give you some kind of tool, styles, things to think about. Um, but the goal for today is really focusing on some of those core sort of ethical factors that we just need to know and be aware of. And then we'll transition more during the week. Hooray. Cool, cool. All right, so first I want to know, Slido it up. How do you define ethics? I will make a bit of an assumption that you've talked about ethics in your other classes. Maybe you've taken the media ethics class. Hopefully it's come up and this isn't the very first time someone's talking about it with you. But even if that's true, where are we coming from? What is our starting baseline? How would you define ethics? Formal definition that you've heard. It can also be in context: personal ethics, professional ethics, and journalism ethics. What is kind of the frame of mind? Right? Reference? about ethics. Right? Nice. Okay. Attitude. Morals. Definitely. Big, key, key words, fuzzy words we like to think about with ethics. Integrity. Right. This idea of right and wrong definitely comes down to the core of usually how we describe ethics. Decide to do something. Yes. Difference between maybe legal. Is it legal to do it, but is it ethical to do it? Good questions. Intentions we definitely have to think about. Ethics is about being honest, doing the right thing, right? I think our golden rule we we learn as tiny children, you know, don't hurt others. Kind of a key for ethics, nice. Uh, Yeah, this is a great foundation. Definitely keep these in mind. Um, And then we're just going to right, tailor it, form these kind of broad definitions around what you might come across in PR, in marketing, in communication. Love that. For us, hello. Cool. So I'd say the, at least to me, the most kind of broad, but also applicable all the time, easy to explain definition of ethics is, right, those moral guidelines, principles. So it's kind of our set of just rules and boundaries that ultimately influence our behaviors in interaction. So all of you are definitely getting into that definitely with your, your original framework. So, okay, how does how is it that we know what to say to people, what to do to other people, what our attitudes going to be, the difference between thinking something and acting out something, all of that definitely goes in there. And so I see that, especially with ethics in a professional context, we really like to focus on behaviors, interactions, whether it's with your clients, your team, your supervisor, the people that you're supervising, um, really making sure we have a strong set of Here's kind of the rules that we want to follow. Here are the steps. Um, one of the interesting things when we think about especially moral guidelines and principles, and um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. There's the difference between legal and then our personal ones. We have our company morals and guidelines as well. And so as you're progressing through your careers, uh, kind of tapping back into what we talked about last week, maybe your very first job, you know, the company sort of ethics guidelines. Maybe they don't quite align with what you have, but you're going to use that job right, as leverage to get into a different company, a better job. And so then as you're getting to interview with more places, you have more of that like privilege to decide where you want to work. That's where you can start using the interview process to try to figure out what seems like some of the ethics of this company. Does this team, does this leader align with the type of morals that you want to go along? Um, and so when do you think about the workplace? I think one of the biggest, at least for me, examples of where sometimes are legal, just because it's legal to do it. doesn't actually make it an ethical thing to do. It goes all the way back 1964, not that long ago. My mom was born in 1968. So every time I think about that fact, it like shaped me a little. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think my mom is like that old, honestly. Uh, so before 1964, it was 100% totally legal right, to discriminate in the workplace with hiring. We could say, ah, because you're black, nope, automatically you don't qualify. Because you're a woman, automatically you don't qualify. Because you're Latinx, you don't qualify. It wasn't until right, 1964 when we said, ah, oh, you know what, even though it's legal, it really is in tension with our national kind of ethics or ideals where we say, ah, we're a meritocracy. can do it we want the best person for the job this legal code definitely intention with that right there's a lot of personal ethics involved and people saying ah this doesn't feel right either like why why are we allowing this to happen finally all that came together it wasn't until some years later of course when we also added uh sexual orientation to the civil rights act but it took that moment where suddenly we had our legals those are in tension with our personal morals, our professional morals, our national kind of morals all coming together. And now the legal's finally back it up and say, yeah, you can't discriminate in the workplace. That is messed up. So I think, I, again, let's go back to that one example. in my team's chat It's absolutely yeah. blowing us up right now um, of how that can play out at work. So kind of keep that in mind. We're going to watch some videos just about PR ethics. And then I'm gonna ask you to kind of think of some of your own examples where you have seen sort of poor maybe ethical behavior coming out where you can think of other examples in the professional context. The end of the day, it's all about how is that gonna influence our behaviors, interaction at work. So just a nice quick little little video. Um, It's gonna have quite a few kind of good examples of some PR moments and campaigns that were ethically dubious. Um, So definitely write down any of those. Can we focus on connections, action items you can take away from some of these examples. And think about how a lot of what the professor's talking about in the examples either do or mostly do not do a great job at especially acknowledging things that have gone wrong and then working to move into redirect often. In PR, especially when we say, oh, that was very unethical, we completely skip over the acknowledge part and try to just like move and redirect and everybody definitely sees through that. All right. All right. So definitely some good kind of examples, you know, a a little, old, but definitely uh, withstanding. So some of the... Feel like action items, connection by belts um, from the video. I'm um, really gonna kind of boil down to right three things so just move forward. Remember kind of big ideas. All right, first we want to tell. We want to acknowledge. Right, he said, tell it all, tell it fast, and tell the truth, especially especially in today's age. Again, as we saw when we looked at like the Oscars example, right, within literally hours of that happening, people analyze it from every single angle, pulling extra details, context. There's really no place to hide when your client, your brand, your celebrity, your company is in any sort of a crisis. So we know that we have to, one, move very quickly because the internet is moving faster uh, than us at all times to make sure that we really acknowledge, own what happened, and then find ways that we can help move and redirect the conversation, um, but definitely any we're trying to really obscure what is happening, probably you need to sit down and talk with yourself about kind of what are the ethics of this situation, uh, so that's really one that I just want to acknowledge, two, I feel like a great action item connection, is our collaborations with our friends in marketing right? They talked a lot about uh, that pink washing, green washing, just the idea of, oh, if we kind of market our products, our brand, our reputation in particular ways that aren't totally true, we're going to run into some problems and then you're going to have a crisis on your hands. And so, this is why we want to be good friends and definitely work with and collaborate with our friends in marketing. Uh, so that way we both know what is going out, what is the message, and we have some of those plans language in place to make sure we are kind of on that up and up which we love and then last conflict of interest is definitely an interesting one if you end up working for you know a large PR agency firm there are going to be those those moral guidelines right those rules company policy about what clients you can bring in who you're going to be working with what teams that you're assigned to so that way they can avoid that um, you know, any Mad Men sort of fans or people who have watched that, or we see Mad Men have to deal with that all the time. Oh, we have to drop this client because now we want to take on, you know, their competitor, who's going to pay more and having to kind of, you know, navigate that sort of ethical quandary. Who do you keep? Who do you represent? How do you represent them? Then I are agree to definitely carry forward big ideas that hopefully pretty easy to remember, just be an ethical professional, right? Make sure you know how to acknowledge and you tell it all. Make sure you're telling the truth that you're partnering with marketing so you don't end up with a crisis because of some ad copy that was printed. And then always be thinking about who in your overall portfolio you're representing so you can identify possible conflicts of interest. Wonderful. All right, Uh, so we've heard quite a few examples I want to hear, you know, something from you, like listening to that video, just thinking about ethics, what is an example you can think of, whether it's directly in PR, maybe it's something you've encountered with school, work, life, culture, where do you kind of interact and see ethical tensions uh, or conundrums showing up to be aware of. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's Dieselgate. I do. I recall that was, um, didn't a, oh, I? feel like both has had maybe a few. Dieselgate was the incident where they were claiming their cars were like greener, and getting better gas mileage. Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> <clears throat> they were like basically just lying about the emissions. And it came, um, came out that essentially the car tearing apart the environment. Okay. how they weigh more of the classic stuff and the atmosphere and That is. Right, so a great example of that greenwashing yeah. they're talking about. A lot of people, yeah, like to really capitalize on the environmental impact. In that case, even worse, because they straight up were just lying about it. Um, and yeah, got a lot of coverage. You haven't thought about Volkswagen in a minute since seeing that, which I think speaks to the harm, right? For PR. Now they're like, oh no, people either aren't thinking about us, or when they do, this is what comes to mind. They've got like all sorts of this massive parking lots all around in there. Right. Yeah. That's a really great example. And then that even makes me think like further and further, okay. Now, because of that, we have all these parking lots of so cars not being sold, which now is just extra waste on the environment. Because so They built all these cars, all the resources went into it, and they're not even being used, and now they're probably manufacturing a whole new set. Oh, that is a really good one. And smaller examples of, um, especially that green, um, sort of green trend, drag- trend jacking piece? God, I was that, you know, we're shopping this weekend at Sprouts or whatever, and uh, this bread, the like packaging on the bread is like plant-based. It's like, well, yeah, it's bread. It's made out of wheat. And I think we see that a lot with like food as well. It's being like, yes, yeah, see like it's gonna be, you know, all plant-based or it's it's green, it's this and that. And it's like, well, yes, that's just automatically what it is. But if you package it that way, is it ethical? Is it not? Is it true? Good questions to ask. Love that. What else we got? Oh my gosh. Yes, in the world of entertainment, sports, which I guess you know, in the long run, Tom Brady's reputation hasn't been that diminished. He's still out signing contracts and playing. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I think we see a lot of kind of ethical um, problems and reputation management and crisis always coming out of the world of celebrities, especially since we pay so close attention to sort of everything that they are doing. Uh, but the NFL certainly, their PR team had to take kind of that case on and sort of restore our faith in the game that we love and that we're watching. That's a good one. Ooh, yes, that documentary. Wait, I had some conversations with my uh, social media intern about that, um, and that it it maybe even reflected more of the uh, the cons, the dark side, which doesn't invalidate them, but. Anytime we kind of don't have a balanced representation. Um, that can be a problem, right? Love it. Oh. Ever since that uh, with Papa John uh, in my household, have we redrive past, we're like, wait, Papa Murphy's good Papa. Papa John is the bad Papa. We do not want that one. Um, and of course, we continue seeing celebrities. Navigating that they go on Instagram live and maybe they're singing along to a song, which is like, just like, y'all, you know better than this. Just like, stop, think about your relationship to the word, the context, maybe educate yourself. But definitely, it's probably the number one if you're gonna work in celebrity publicity and PR, prepare your game plan for when they inevitably say some slur or probably the N word and everybody cancels them. Oh, butt light up for whatever, oh. That was like kind of a rapey thing, right? Refresh me on that one. Yeah. Some <laughs> of their hands, just, you know. Yeah. Mm, that is an excellent example of why we need to be close friends with the marketing team. Because maybe, and, you know, maybe they did. And it's always amazing how some of those very bad marketing and PR campaign examples get through what we imagine to be, you know intelligent research thoughtful people and you're like that how did that get through so many planning meetings you know but it happens um but i think that could be a great example of like why the pr team should be very involved and at least know what marketing is about to put out because now they got to kind of backtrack and figure out how we support that crisis these are all excellent examples and my play for friday i just want to go through um, kind of like we did with the parks and rec day, just really unpack, respond, discuss a lot of examples. And so this gives me an excellent list of ones we can really pull up and see what then was the PR strategy and the backlash. So look forward to that. Thank you. These are great, you know, great in that like, oh, these are type terrible, but great examples that you thought of. Cool. Um, all right, so some specific tools or at least language to keep in mind that are going to help us? kind of be more ethical. Media in general. Yes, PR, but again, as we talk about, I feel like every single week, every day, PR, social media, marketing, we're just all kind of getting more and more blocked together. So thinking about just ethical media. So first, obviously, know the laws, know your contracts, know your conflict of interest. Those are going to be in your contracts as well. Um, and so we will watch a little nice, uh thing on, on copyright as a key kind of intellectual uh, law that we have to deal with a lot when we're going to work in media. But number one, just know your laws, right? And depending on where you end up working, there may be more you know, specific laws or different aspects of copyright you need to pay more attention to. Or if you end up working in radio or music, right, you're going to have to dig deeper and kind of specialize in some of those kind of music type of laws versus if you work in television versus if you work in book publishing. Um, So just kind of think about where you're headed, where you're working, and that's the kind of thing you'll learn on the job a little bit when you end up where you're going to be. Second, accessibility standards. We talked about accessibility a little bit um, with the Info Design Week, and you read some of those things about it. Uh, There are, you know, actual legal expectations. Um, With the American with Disabilities Act in accessibility, though, we definitely find, especially on social media, it's more of a, you should be doing this Uh, right now. Probably you won't have any real repercussions coming at you, but ethically, we want to make sure our alt text is on and we have the video descriptions. And we're trying to think, right, in terms of accessibility standards, making sure our websites, right, are set up so that way text readers can actually use them. So definitely make sure you have those accessibility standards. And again, you might work in a space where it is much more of a direct policy. So make sure you are up to date on on that within your field. Uh, Our professional code of conduct. You all can use the PRSA, Public Relations Society of America, is kind of our, our big national standard. We're going to review the code of conduct for the PRSA. Day on Wednesday. Um, but that's there's certainly one you can use. And then when you go into your different specializations, right, figure out what is the overarching board. And sometimes it just takes you getting in that job to figure it out. For example, I had never heard of NACADA. Why would I have ever heard of that? Well, now that I work in the world of higher ed and advising, I'm like, oh, it's our National Association of Advisors. And they have a code of conduct that now I have to like know and sort of teach the other advisor. So there's always going to be some sort of professional association. It just depends on where you actually end up working. Uh, and then you could go and search and find that. Your organization's policy, every organization will have its own. You'll probably get it during your onboarding process, right, with HR. Read it, review it, know it, let it guide you. And if you become a leader, right, and a supervisor, and you move up the ranks in your organization, that'll be one of your tasks. Make sure that you keep it updated and you really help people abide by it in makes sense and then last terms of service agreements, those especially if you're working in the social media space, the content marketing space, make sure that you have read the TSAs um, because you know the company, you know. You're still agreeing to these when you create your corporate Instagram account, um, so just make sure you have some awareness of that. Uh, so this slide will be on your lecture quiz this week. So think about the different laws, accessibility standards, code of conduct, organization, terms of service, and how they can all be just tools to help you in that process. Which of these tools kind of have you actually engaged with or thought about the most at this stage in kind of your, your media careers, if you will, if any of them. You yeah, know, maybe it's past classes, but i was curious. So you thought the most about copyright. Have you taken time to think about accessibility on things that you turn in, including even PowerPoints? PDFs, we can check those things. Code of conduct. Did you know we have a bear code here at UNZ or student code of conduct? And if you are in violation of it, you you know can have action taken against you. So we, we all have them. Okay, yes, good conducts, definitely TSAs for things you rarely read, but definitely should if <laughs> you get better at skimming. I love that and Then org policies. I would kind of liken organizational policy is almost to like your syllabus for every class. Technically, your syllabus is sort of your your little classes' micro organizational policy to kind of kind of help you. Know what's gonna happen in that class cool code of conducts. love that all right five really big sort of nose of PR across the board do so you think about you know I don't think any of these are gonna you know blow your mind they aren't that um, unexpected but it's good to say them out loud and make sure you really have them down so first misappropriation otherwise trend yeah. so that's where we saw the like the pink, um, the pink coating, and the green. We're environmental, or we're just kind of tacking on to this awareness month, even though we don't kind of actually invest in it or mean it. So, with our clients, again, they might be pushing for a particular narrative. Sometimes it is our job to push back and help them reframe it in a much more accurate way that is not going to well, just misappropriate what is actually going on. Uh, in line with that, we also can think about things like, of course, appropriating, um, which I'm going to do a whole, you know, additional line of like, don't do that. Think about it. Be more careful. Even just the other day right? they, yeah, in my office, we it's Student Employment Appreciation Week, they're planning a party, you know, for all of our student employees. And initially they're like, yeah, it's going to be Hawaiian themed. And immediately my PR brain went... Is it going to be Hawaiian themed though, like how much research have you done, what What are you going to do, like you're giving everybody Hawaiian names, is it just you, you know, white random person who's planning this, just Googling these names, like talk me through that a little bit more. Um, and, and in that conversation realize, yeah, we would just be appropriating some things we think is cool about a culture that we don't inherently deeply meaningfully understand, right, where the roots come from, so instead, It just helped them rebrand their party to be a beach theme. Yay, now they can do all the like fun beachy things they liked and we don't have to worry so much about that appropriation aspect. Um, So I'd say a good PR brand is always trying to think about the kind of the social dilemmas. How are we appropriating or possibly misappropriating um, the campaigns that we're doing? So really be kind of always on the watch for that. Just thinking through, discussing, right? Uh, manipulation of metrics, this really comes down to when we're evaluating, uh, you know, success. One reason why things like followers, we consider them vanity metrics is because they can be manipulated. There's not that deep, deep, deep value to them. But of course, the big no's, if you are reporting back to your client the success or maybe lack of success of your campaign, you obviously don't want to be manipulating those metrics to make it look better. Now, there's a difference between you know, picking the type of graph that best visualizes the points you're making and then actually manipulating the data. So we always want to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, when we're talking about our success. Ignorance, that's just you got to do situation analysis. I know the research, the pestle, right? Your political factors, economic factors, social factors, tech factors, legal factors, environmental factors. Sometimes it's kind of a drag and a bummer to research, but we just got to do it as part of, of being an ethical, responsible, professional, right? Versus just somebody who's creating posts and, and just kind of doing it. So always do your research, saying, I didn't know. It's literally your job to know. So we always want to do our best to research the situation as much as we can. Slander, uh, libel obviously just don't, you know, kind of goes into misappropriation, but don't willingly lie about our competitors or other people, right? That's going to create a crisis that's clearly unethical. Um, And so part of that is our media training, right? So we don't want our CEO to go out there and sort of even accidentally maybe slander somebody in their filmed interviews. Now you're going to have to clean that up and deal with it. So just kind of always being on the alert. This is why we do our media training our media prep. We get those good questions, those hard questions out there. We have our clients practice so that way they don't sort kind of misspeak uh, in that kind of interview situation. So that up. And then my last, last going rogue, usually we think about this more um, in terms of if you have the keys to the company's social media account or your clients, You don't want to just go completely off plan that your client approved that your team has talked about and just be like posting whatever you personally feel like um and so i know a lot of you wanted to work or express media go into social media especially want to think about how do you protect your clients your brand from your team sort of taking over the account and just kind of posting uh also this is the reason why a lot of celebrities have people that run their social media for them, and you can almost kind of tell celebrities that uh, don't have do those teams. And they're usually the ones that are just kind of going off, and you're like, oh my gosh, where's your publicist? They probably hate you right now. Why are you doing this to us? So, those are the really big no's. Again, I think they're pretty obvious um, in many ways, but just really be thinking about those connections. How can I apply that to my client? And having that kind of good PR brain, just thinking like a PR professional, you're gonna to wanna to protect our clients from doing a lot of these mistakes and no-nos. All right, so here's another kind of interesting when it comes to going rogue, especially, we also can think about that in terms of whistleblowers, um, which you know is a very uh, kind of messy, messy thing, but just know especially if you end up working in public affairs. Public affairs is what we call PR people who work for the government, basically. Um, or if you end up high in the C-suite with corporate communication, you might be involved in classified information and you might be very um, important and kind of integral in deciding what gets shared, what doesn't get shared, what is the message. Um, so here's a full video um, from Box I like how they just explain kind of the state of whistleblowing, especially within that government context. Again, public affairs is where a lot of the money is at. It wants to be ranked salary very highly, so it's certainly context to think about. In the United, so so, so many kind of just like ethical reflective things that we could unpack there. I think this is another example circling all the way back to the beginning of class of sometimes our what is legal, what we consider. Illegal does not actually line up with what we might consider ethical or moral. Um, so if you are really interested, you know, we were exploring careers last week, you know, public affairs does seem pretty, pretty dope. I think I could fit in there. I think you'd love it. It's just something to consider. Hopefully you would not be put in that situation. But the nature of our work um, with, with PR, with messaging, um, and particularly public affairs, where you could be kind of interacting with potentially classified information. So it's something to explore further. If that's kind of a career path that you're really interested in. All right. Well, wow. In the United States, around 3 million people. There, um, and on Wednesday, we'll talk a little bit more about copyright, just kind of a quick um, video from actually the US Copyright Office. Um, but just to kind of put it in your brain, we're going to be focusing on for um act, uh, aspects of fair use um especially as it connects to some of our roles and interests in content marketing and social media so expect that we'll pick up with that video and this conversation on wednesday and that will help us also lead into just more conversation about you know leadership helping your team kind of develop kind of ethics following those policies and guidelines um and so just a few kind of notes uh this week actually today took a vacation day for my real job to focus on this class. So send me an email if you have questions. i will be kind of around, um, just not in my actual office. Uh, But my kind of goal this week, I am working on what your final exam will be, as well as a practice exam. And so the final um, is going to be like the last week of April we'll be open all week on canvas it's going to be extremely familiar even drawing on a lot of the same questions that you've been taking in your weekly quizzes um, so keep that in mind but i will give you a practice exam that you can do all of next week as a way to prepare for that so I'll have more details on what your final will really look like and then just as a reminder our final final during finals week is when you're going to be presenting your portfolios so that's what I'm up to. Definitely reach out with questions as you're wrapping up your projects and you're like, oh my gosh, I need one more PR credit. Let's brainstorm. What can I do? Come talk to me, figure out what you can do. Um, And as you start putting together your portfolios, definitely reach out. I love talking with y'all during office hours and catching up. So do that. Um, One little note, definitely go to my schedule link. First, it is synced up to my calendar, so you can see around all my meetings. However, I have been blocking out a lot of time um, at this important project deadline coming up. So, look at the link first. If you can't find a time, then reach out and email me. And it might just be, you know, during one of my officially blocked periods, so random other people can't get meetings with me. But I will absolutely prioritize a meeting with you. So that's just kind of the note for this week. Uh, We got this team, let's go. Goodbye everybody.